Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, July 27th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the latest on Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Number two, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries puts his own stamp on fundraising as leader. And number three, crypto legislation takes a big move forward in the House. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The top story that all of Washington is focused on is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and his health. This has been something that a lot of us have been covering very closely over the past several months, uh, going back to a, a fall that he had. But obviously, not to put too fine a point on it, yesterday was a, a major moment here in the Capitol where uh, with the cameras on in front of reporters, McConnell had to be ushered away, uh, making jokes about it at now, but but still a, 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 his health is a major concern on Capitol Hill. It is. Uh, and just to be to de- to de- detail this a little bit more, McConnell froze for more than 15 seconds while speaking at a news conference on the Hill. Um, he started talking about the NDAA and then seemed unable to talk, uh, seemingly not blinking for uh, roughly 15 seconds. And um, was and then John Barrasso, who's in the leadership and is also a, a physician, an orthopedic surgeon. So but, you know, doctors know a lot of different things. Um, went up to him and said, hey, Mitch, do you have anything else to say to the press or should we go back to your office and kind of said that or a version of that? twice um, before um, uh, he was ushered away by Barrasso uh, and some aides into his office, which is very close to where the news conference is held. Um, McConnell returned and he was sharp. Uh, He did take questions. And um, uh, so, you know, he was not unable to speak after that. But it was his staff said he was lightheaded. I mean, again, we're not doctors, but I that that doesn't seem to be typical. That w- wouldn't wouldn't be typical to me as a lightheaded uh, uh, a result of being lightheaded. Now um, McConnell said to uh, uh, to questions about his health right afterwards. Just said I'm fine, and then um, McConnell tried to make a joke out of it. Later in the day, said he told he said Biden called him. President Joe Biden called him and said, "I told him I got sandbagged." Um, I think that's a reference to when when Biden tripped over a number of sandbags on stage, I believe, at the Air Force Academy, um, and uh, at a graduation speech. Of course, that's it's a joke, obviously, but it's not you know. But listen, there are people who um, uh, are. Um, concerned about his health. Uh, uh, CNN's Manu Raju reported McConnell fell in February when he was in Helsinki meeting with the um, the Finnish president. He's been using a wheelchair recently. He recently fell on July 14th at, at uh, DCA. Um, and uh, uh, so, listen, McConnell mentally has been completely fine since his fall a couple months ago at, in which he was out of the Senate for six weeks. But He's physically slower than he's ever been, uh, and McConnell's a polio survivor. Quite amazingly, right? I mean, he's he's uh, had a he's survived one of the most kind of crippling illnesses of our time. Um, he's eighty something years old, uh, and uh, people are starting to ask questions, and and they won't stop because this was a serious incident, according to everybody who was there and just watching it on camera is quite, quite jarring. So, um, uh, what do you think, Anna? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I think anytime these types of members as they age have any kind of incidences, we all look at it. But I think what's interesting is a couple of points. One, I, he, the Senate Republicans continue to be publicly very supportive of McConnell, uh, even those that voted against him in his leadership race. I do think there is, uh, continues to be widespread speculation in private uh, about his health and about how long he'll be able to do this job, right? These are very demanding jobs. Um, and, you know, I think the question is behind closed doors, how does he continue to try to thread the needle with uh, his own conference in particular? You know, some senators suggesting that he isn't as dominant inside closed door meetings as he had been in the past, relying on members of the GOP leadership to handle more of the workload. Um, you know, he's withstood a lot, certainly even the, the closest challenge to his leadership uh, in this Congress. But this is something that we're going to be watching extremely closely. And, and, you know, it's not just McConnell, right? I think anytime you have senators, whether it's Senator Dianne Feinstein or others uh, in history, and we've covered a lot of them um, that have had different types of health scares or incidences, this is, is, is some of the, the, the questions that remain and are outstanding and are, are, there's a lot of coverage on because, you know, it's concerning and it's also really important. These people are, you know, he is a, a figure that is very, very central to Congress, uh, certainly, but also in, beyond that in terms of Ukraine aid and, and so many more policy issues. And I would also say, Anna, um, getting old isn't easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we've all had people in our lives, thank God, who have gotten old, and it, it's oftentimes difficult to watch and uncomfortable to watch. But the differences in Washington, in Congress, People get old right in front of us at work, right? You know what I mean? And these are people who have big responsibility, as you just noted. And, um, and you know, they have health issues and they come to work every day. I mean, we, we, we gripe. We, we don't gripe. We, we make... We poke fun a lot at how the Senate and the House are, you know, they don't work so hard. They're in on Tuesday, out on Thursday. But, like, this is a grueling job. It is. even Even if you don't take it that long that hard and you don't work that hard, it's still physically and mentally grueling. You're responsible for a lot, especially in the leadership, Anna. Like, it's just it, getting old. Is, uh, someone once said to me, uh, getting old isn't for the faint of heart or something like that. And, and I think that's right. I think it's right. It's 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 difficult. And these and a lot of people in our experience, people that we've covered have gotten old or were old when we started covering them, but got old right in front of us. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Some interesting news here. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is going to be hosting a major donor event in Torrey Pines, California in August, gathering top Democratic donors and administration officials for what's expected to be an annual confab. Very interesting to me, Jake, here, in so much as this is Jeffries really putting his own stamp on House Democrats and their fundraising and kind of taking that mantle from Speaker, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, uh, this is really interesting. This is in Torrey Pines, uh, California and La Jolla, California, which both say great golf course. Um, 
where um, major championships have been held. It's actually a public golf course. I knew um, I knew you were going to go there, so I didn't talk about the yeah, history a, of Tory Pines. Yeah, it's a great, great seaside <laughs> course owned by, I believe, the city of San Diego. You could play it anytime. Well, not anytime. you got to get a tee time. Um, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, governor of, Minis- of Michigan, excuse me, is going to be there. And uh, we expect Nira Tandon, economist Mark Zandi, Hilda Solis, uh, former labor secretary, all to be in uh, the San Diego area for this this retreat. Um, and uh, um, this is interesting because Pelosi held her thing in um, her big donor retreat in Napa. Um, and More my speed, is, really, Jake, honestly. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> well, I, this is actually in many ways a, the, the two events here, Jeffries and Tory Pines and Pelosi and Napa might be a very good encapsulation of you and me and our preferences <laughs> in life. You like the outdoors and relaxing. I would just like to go out and grind through 18 holes and then limp off the course in pain and in mental anguish and physical Goodness. pain. But anyway, uh, I digress. This is... You know, listen, these things are important for the leadership. They get people together. They get big donors together. McCarthy, uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, does his own event in uh, Jackson Hole uh, next month in August, um, which is a big confab for him. So anyway, this is uh, uh, Jeffrey's continuing to put his stamp on the Democratic caucus. We also got some news and some new numbers from the Democratic Governors Association, where they raised roughly $34 million during the first six months of 2023, uh, including a haul of $3.5 million raised online. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Uh, Brendan Peterson for The Vault this morning has a really interesting look at the House Financial Services Committee and how they cleared a landmark bill Wednesday night that would introduce significant changes to federal securities law and the regulation of crypto. Um, I find this very interesting, one, in so much as the fact that we are talking about a crypto bill and the, where crypto is kind of after the FTX collapse uh, and, and just the fact that this moved forward. It was a really a Herculean effort uh, by House Republicans. But the second thing is the number of Democrats who actually supported this legislation in a real break uh, between House Democrats of those who were willing to put their their support behind it versus those uh, who weren't, including Representative Maxine Waters, the ranking member on that panel. Um, Going to be very interesting to see what, what now happens, Jake, can, when it goes to the House floor. And does this actually put any pressure on the Senate, which has moved much more slowly when it comes to crypto legislation? Well, first, does it make it to the House floor? I think the answer to that is yes. And I think that's you make an interesting point. A couple points uh, worth considering here. Um, the this is a, a it limits the SEC's authority. Um, and um, that's a big that's a big deal for uh, uh, crypto and for digital assets and all of those things and puts a lot to the CFTC number two. And Brenda didn't get into this, but I'll mention it. The um, this is a joint product between Patrick McHenry, uh, the chair of the Financial Services Committee, and G.T. Thompson, the chair of the Agriculture Committee. There was a lot of questions early in this Congress whether they will be able to work together, whether they would be able to work together, um, since Financial Services has a has the the has a huge obviously jurisdiction over this issue, but uh, so does the Ag Committee, which oversees the CFTC and oversees. Uh, derivatives and all sorts of other things, which is a weird, a weird breakdown, but it does happen. Um, the, uh, the the Democrats, you point out, is very important. Um, this was not expected to be as bipartisan as it was. Jim Himes and Josh Gottheimer, two of the most well-respected 
um, Democrats on the committee from Connecticut and New Jersey, um, uh, respectively, voted for this legislation. The, the, you know, I will say uh, I was talking to some banking lobbyists over the last couple of days on other issues, including the credit card bill and the crypto bill. Although uh, many traditional banks are not, you know, um, huge into crypto, they're very interested in this for a million reasons, not not least um, uh, because of this of of the CFTC, the SEC, stable coins, just a whole host of of other uh, uh, big issues here. So, um, listen, McCarthy and McHenry are close allies, so I imagine this has a good chance of getting to the floor. Um, and uh, uh, it's it's the most important piece of legislation, I would say, that that Patrick McHenry, who got on the who got became chair of the committee instead of going into leadership in part to pass legislation, um, uh, one of the most important things he's done. So, very interesting indeed. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. We actually have an event this morning. I'm going to be at in person, Jake, where our very own Heather Cagle is going to be interviewing Representative Beth Van Dyne, the Republican from Texas at 845 a.m. about the role of private capital in supporting small businesses, jobs, and the economy. Uh, You can join us in person or on the live stream. There'll be some breakfast and coffee uh, to start off your day. With that, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please leave us a rating and review. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on all of these topics by signing up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.